If you like compassion, excuses, and heartwarming messages, you have clicked on the wrong link. There's a new sports voice in Toronto. The smooth-talking, roughnecking Mike Roach, where sports life and truth collide. New sports entertainment for the next generation. Something different. No bias and no BS. This is the Mike Roach Podcast. Subscribe to the Mike Roach Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And remember to follow Mike on Instagram at MikeRoach7. What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mike Roach Podcast. You know, I, I get such a rush. I feel the juice anytime I hit that record button. And I am back on the microphone. I feel really, really damn good today. But listen up, folks, because I got to get right into this. I don't have a lot of time today. Uh, Time is running, and I'm about to head down to Scotiabank Arena for the Raptors and Miami Heat game, okay? But there are some things on the agenda that I want to discuss quickly. Most notably, Pascal Siakam possibly on his way out of Toronto. Now, Obviously, we've been knowing and hearing about this for months, but the rumors now are starting to heat up. And the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Pacers, as it seems according to Sham Sharania, is at the top of the list. Now, there are other teams as well. There are, but it seems like the team where the heat is at, where the juice is, is with the Indiana Pacers. It seems like they have the assets, so we will discuss. The other thing I want to talk about are windows in the NBA. Open windows, closed windows, which windows are about to close, I want to discuss that as well. And the last thing I want to touch on, I told you, time is limited. Collegiate basketball in Canada. I think that needs to be discussed a little bit right now because around this time, what do we see? We're watching all the big dogs south of the border playing some hard hoops right now as we gear up for the NCAA tournament. Okay, March Madness. But there's a lot of games that got to happen before that. But my question is to you, what the hell are we doing in regards to collegiate basketball in Canada? It is not big enough, and I'm not sure why. There's a lot of things that have to change. We will discuss that. But first... But first, let's get into this. Okay, now, Pascal Siakam has been rumored to possibly be going to a number of different teams in the NBA. But the one that we are hearing about the most and the one that's heating up over and over and over, it keeps coming back to it now, are the Indiana Pacers. Okay, so... What is going on with the Indiana Pacers and Pascal Siakam? Now, to me, when I look at it, it's a great fit, okay? Pascal Siakam, a half-court player, can get out and transition a little bit, but you can throw that ball into him in the post. You have a very unselfish point guard in Halliburton. You still have Miles there. So what type of noise can those three players make if they are together? They're exactly the type of player that you really need. And if you're not going to be giving up a guy like Benedict Matherin and some of the other pieces, Buddy Heald is not a player who was discussed at all as well, according to the reports. Then it looks like you have something working there. Now, according to reports, and I'm going to play a clip from Sham Sharania, by the way. 
it says that is this Shams? This might be another report, but I will play you Shams. But the Indiana Pacers are somewhat confident that they can re-sign Pascal Siakam in the offseason. In the offseason. You heard me correctly. And from what we have seen online, the Indiana Pacers want to give up three first-round picks plus Bruce Bound in this deal and a filler salary. Okay? That's what the report is now. But let me give you some Sham Sharania right here. Indiana, I'm told, is starting to reach their threshold in negotiations, and and the, 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 the Raptors have been engaged with several teams. We've talked about the Kings, who appear out for now. We've talked about the, the Warriors, the Mavericks. They both had, I'm told, exploratory interests, and the Pacers have gone pretty far along yeah. in these conversations with the Raptors. Siakam is a pending free agent, $38 million expiring contract, and that gives them some leverage in terms of where could he end up and, and him signaling to a team that wants to trade for him, whether he's going to resign there or not, that's going to play a big part in these trade conversations that the Raptors are going to have, that Siakam could have behind the scenes. And if a team knows that, that he's going to be willing to sign there, then you, you, you give the assets necessary, like this deal. Three first-round draft picks. The Pacers, I'm told, do not want to trade Benedict Matherin or Jairus Walker in this deal. That's why you see these three first-round draft picks they feel pretty strongly, I'm told, about trying to re-sign Siakam as a free agent, and that plays a part in this pretty significant offer. They're going to continue to be aggressive, but still, there's no deal yet, and Siakam is at the top of their list. Could they move on to a guy like Jeremy Grant if this deal does not happen, and who potentially trumps this offer that has been made by Indiana? February 8th is a trade deadline. This is where talks stand right now. Uh, Indiana is very much pushing and motivated to get a deal done. Now, when you hear something like that, you start thinking to yourself, okay, you get three first-round picks, and you get Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is a nice player. He's under contract. So now, do you move Bruce Brown to another team, most likely a contender, and see if you can get some young pieces from that team, more draft picks, and try... Whatever team that's going to be, if they're trying to get over the hump, you're probably going to want a piece like Bruce Brown, right? Uh, but at the same time, if they don't trade him, okay, you plug him into your lineup and see what he gives you for the remainder of the season, and you try to do something in the offseason. Now, what do you want to do with those first-round picks? And my question to you is, do you want first-round picks or do you want young players? To me, I am a guy who wants young players solid players in return. Like if you're looking at a Jarris Walker or you're looking at a Benedict Matherin, which is the guy that I would want, I wouldn't want Benedict Matherin because Benedict Matherin is a stud. Benedict Matherin has the dog in him. Benedict Matherin can shoot the rock. That's who I would want. Listen, I like draft picks. I really do. But the Raptors don't hit on their picks all the time. I'm not saying they're bad at drafting. Clearly, they've done well over the years. For the most part, by the way. For the most part. But if you already got have a guy like Matherin, who's balling, wouldn't you want a guy like that? Now, 
obviously it seems like the Indiana Pacers are not going to be willing to give him up. Obviously, they don't want to give him up for a reason because they know the guy is going to be damn good. And eventually, Buddy healed. At some point, he probably ain't going to be there. He probably ain't going to be there for the Indiana Pacers. And when he's gone, who's going to be the one to step up? It's going to be Matherin. And Matherin is also an athletic freak. He got bunnies, too. So he's going to be the one who fills in for that spot. Now, I don't mind Indiana saying, listen, we don't want to trade Benedict Matherin. Wait, what are you, crazy? Understandably so. Just drop a bomb for him, by the way. Because he's a Montreal man, Canadian. But Benedict Matherin, my goodness. If the Raptors could get him, even with a first-round draft pick, and a guy like Bruce Brown. I'd give up two of those damn draft picks for Benedict Matherin. I really would. Hell, I'd give up all damn three to get Benedict Matherin. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm for real on that. Okay, but, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I told you, that leverage thing is not the greatest position right now for the Raptors because of the situation that they're in. We've talked about this many times already. Siakam. And his camp are the ones that have some of that leverage. Now, if these teams want to make that gamble, then okay. That's on them. But they have the right to not do so. Because the Raptors, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, waited too damn long. So now, you pretty much got to take what you can get. You got to take what you can get. You can call bluffs. Only for so long. Okay? So, at some point... If you're Toronto and you are uncertain about Pascal Siakam returning to this team, he's going to test free agency, you're going to have to buckle and fold at some point. And and that is most likely. That is most likely. So this trade talk we're hearing with Indiana, yes, absolutely, it has legs. But there are other teams that can probably come out of nowhere with some offers. The Sacramento Kings, we already know, don't want to include Keegan Murray. So you're going to have to settle for something like, from what I was reading, a Harrison Barnes, a Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, and a pick of some sort. That's another deal that's on the table, apparently. Um, The Dallas Mavericks are another team that I would watch and look at. Another, I don't know what other team... Else, is that Golden State? Maybe, possibly. Uh, who, Miami, maybe? I, I don't know. There, there have to be teams that start coming out of the woodworks at some point. Because eventually, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, teams are looking at windows here, folks. Teams are looking at windows here. Maybe we'll just jump into it. Jump into it now. But overall, yes, I would prefer to get young stud pieces over draft picks if I can. You have Barrett, you have Barnes, you have Quickly. If you can get some other young pieces to go with them instead of depending on guys who are just coming out the draft, we don't know what to make of these guys. And apparently it's not supposed to be a strong draft. I will have to look into that further 
Because I, listen, when it comes to the draft, I don't care how strong or weak you say it's going to be. The main focus you have to focus on is hitting correctly when it comes to picking the right players, period. That's really what it comes down to. But the next thing I want to move on and talk about is like I just mentioned, and it ties into the Siakam thing, is about windows in the NBA. It's about windows. And I want to give you a couple of examples. You have teams, let's go into, you know what? Here's a perfect example. Let's go to the Raptors. Let's go to the Raptors, and it involves Pascal Siakam. So, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have a team who gets to the conference finals. They're making it to the second round. But then after they make it to that conference finals, they come back around, they circle back, and they get their ass kicked against the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James. They now trade DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard because they saw, and and LeBron James had just departed, goes to L.A. The Raptors saw that they had a window. They had one year to do this thing with Kawhi Leonard. And in that window, that one-year window, you end up making a big move for Marcus Gasol as well and Danny Green. You have Pascal, you have Fred, you have Kyle. You got everything you need here. Things happen, you end up winning the chip. That was the Raptors' window. It was one year they had, and they made it happen and got that W. So certain teams in the NBA have to look back at that season with Toronto because they are also going to be in position, some of these teams, with a one-year window to win a chip. And sometimes to be able to do that, you're going to have to gamble with a guy, the likes of Pascal Siakam, to bring to your team to try to get you over the hump. Now, I'm not saying that's what the Indiana Pacers are doing. I'm just talking about in general. If you are a general manager and you can possibly get a team over the hump, you are going to have to gamble at some point to try to get your team over the hump. Because if you don't, and that window closes on you, you may not be there again for two decades. The Orlando Magic were once in the NBA Finals. We don't know when they're going to get back there. The Houston Rockets were a game away. We don't know when they're going to get back there. The Phoenix Suns were in the finals. We don't know when they're going to get back there. So as a general manager, are you going to be bold enough? Not just the general manager, but the, the, the organization overall. Because they have people they got to answer to as well. As a unit, are you going to sit down as owners, as a GM, discuss that you have the ability to make a move here to get over the hump? Are you going to have the balls to do it?
Because I got news for you, as I mentioned. Some teams, if you don't do it, and you have the chance, you ain't getting back there for a very long time. And if you don't get back there for a long time, people start getting fired. A lot of people start getting fired, by the way. GMs, coaches, whole bunch of trades. And then all of a sudden you're in a position that's worse than you were initially. Happens all the time. To the point where now you're talking about Trust the process. Philadelphia 76ers, another good example of a team that we did once see in the finals with Allen Iverson against the Lakers. Have they been back since? I haven't seen them there. But my point is, that window, you got to do something before it closes. And that's why some of these teams, you have to take a gamble on a guy like Siakam. You have to take a gamble on other guys around the league. Some of these guys, you damn well know that they're going into free agency and they ain't coming back. I'm not saying necessarily that's going to happen with him, but we don't know that. Nobody here can guarantee you that Pascal Siakam is coming back. You can't guarantee that Donovan Mitchell is going back to Cleveland. We know ain't nobody going back to Cleveland if LeBron ain't there. Especially not a player of his caliber. No offense, Cleveland. But that's just the reality of the situation right now. But anyway, I can get into a lot more when it comes to that, and I will at some point. I absolutely will. But the last thing I want to move on to is collegiate basketball in Canada. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this has to be an entire topic for a podcast. I'm just going to be talking about it for a few minutes because that's all I got before I head to Scotiabank Arena. But this is a huge topic that needs to be discussed. And I have to find the right people to discuss it with. And the reason I say that is because, as I mentioned earlier in the show, college hoops really starts to ramp up big time around this time. Now, we're going to be watching a lot of games south of the border. But what about games north of the border? Which college and uni teams are we watching up here right now? Some of us are getting out there, not like we used to. Not like we used to, but why is the question? Why is the question? First of all, We have some damn good coaches in the GTA and in Canada, period. Some damn good players. We know that. But the leagues, 
the governing bodies, the marketing. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. And at some point, is somebody going to start a conversation? Are we just going to let this continue forever without saying anything? Because a lot of us, whether you are a coach, whether you are a player, you're in the media. Have we given up here? I don't know. I'm asking. I'm asking. Because we can do a hell of a lot better than we're doing right now. The talent is here. The media is definitely here. The coaches are here. But these governing bodies, the league, all of these need adjusting. The marketing is horrific. Scholarships? What's happening? What are we doing here? We're failing at this. And at some point, at some point, because I know I'm getting tired of it, I haven't been in a damn gym to watch a college, a collegiate game up here in years now. I don't want it to continue this way. But we got to get some type of hype. We got to get some type of news. We got to get some type of juices flowing with our collegiate basketball out here. Maybe us as media are also to blame here. Not for the bulk of it, but partially. We could talk about them a bit more. We could bring up more issues like this. So maybe we have a small role to play, a very small role. But for the most part, the governing bodies over the collegiate basketball system here are straight up garbage. And I will reach out to a few people because it's something that has to be discussed. High school basketball, we can talk about as well. But I think collegiate basketball is where the big problem is, folks. So I will update you with that subject and what I'm going to do in regards to talking about it and finding some guests, folks. Uh, But in the end, in the end, let's watch closely of what happens with the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, and how this thing plays out. There's the Raptors, there's Siakam, and there's Masai and Bobby to watch as well. The Raptors as an organization... Messiah and Bobby, to me, are two different things. I'll explain. I'll explain soon. At Mike Roach 7 on IG. At Mike Roach 23 on X. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, everything. The Mike Roach Podcast. So, folks, this is your boy Mike Roach. Quick hitter today. I will be back again soon. Because, I mean, news is, is dropping like it's hot, folks. I'm out. You've been listening to the Mike Roach Podcast. 
where storytelling, sports, and keeping it real are the only ways to live by. We hope you've gotten some valuable and practical information from the show. Link up with us on Instagram at MikeRoach7, where you can view images of the content on this program. We're on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for listening. Until next week.